0: Hey everybody, this is Bell with I Got Your 6 Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be doing a little bit of Crime Chronicles of Season 6 Never Ending. Crimes that should never happen, but actually happen. This one is going to be a more positive note. This is something that I've been thinking and I've just been thinking about and I want to tell everyone about this. But first, before we go into there, it's moto time. Hey, remember, rich people, poor people. Think about that when it comes to paying your bills. Don't rob Peter to pay Paul. Do what you got to do. And also, like my daddy always says, never quit your day job while conquering the world. When I say rich people, poor people, I mean like this. Rich people always act poor. Poor people always want to be rich. So if you're trying to achieve your dream of being successful, act like you're poor. No matter how much money you have in your bank, you always act like you're poor. Do that, and that'll, that'll, that'll help you when it comes to keeping your dreams of being successful. Hey, let me show you a little trick. Remember this, time is money, money is time. Wasting time, you're just wasting money. We don't want to do that. Now, let's begin. This podcast is sponsored by BlackBlueElectronica.com. Go to all your electronic needs. Go to BlackBlueElectronica.com. Get all your electronic needs there. Check it out. Go search. Look around. Do what you got to do. Just check it out. All I want you to do is just look around and stuff. You ain't got to buy anything. All I want you to do is look. Tell me what you think. What you don't like. We'll fix it. We'll take care of it. If you see something that you want, if I don't have it, I probably can get it for you. Leave me a message, all right? Let's get into it. Listen carefully. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story. It's story time. This story right here is a story that was told to me by my my late grandmother. See, I have a grandmother, I have a granny, and I have another grandmother. All right, this is my grandmother on my mother's side. This is my paternal, my patriarch. There's my patriarch and my matriarch. My matriarch is my, my, my grandmother, which is on my mother's side of the family. It's called the matriarch. Patriarch is my father's side of the family. So now you know the difference when I say patriarch and matriarch. The matriarch of the family was my grandmother. My grandmother's name was Ressie C. Gunther. The C stands for Copeland. Related to Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, yes especially Kenneth Copeland, they're related from back in the days of slavery, that's how they're related, because the family was living in a big house, and they split, the Copeland clan split, also, my relatives, a little history, they bought, they went back and bought the plantation house, so now they own it, also, a little history, my grandfather, on my mother's side of the family, was a big-time jazz legend, yes, he was a big-time jazz legend, my grandfather played with some of the great jazz legends, like Count Basie, Duke Ellington, Charlie Parker, Billy Moten. My grandfather played with um, Duke Ellington. He played with Joe Turner. And also he was one of the last of the great blue devils. Yes, and also he played with Jay McShann. My grandfather wasn't well known, he wasn't famous. He didn't hang out with all the white people, all the successful people. He didn't do all that because my grandfather had a family and my grandmother wouldn't allow him to do those things. Because back in the days when my grandfather was playing jazz, my grandmother was around and my grandfather had to do what my grandmother said. My grandmother was the one, my grandmother ruled the house like an iron fist. My grandfather get paid, he hands her the money. My grandmother paid all the bills. My grandfather had a policy, let's rob Peter, rob Peter to pay Paul, let the bill collectors collect the money. That's my grandfather's rules. And because he didn't know no better. My grandmother was the voice of reason. She was like, nope, we pay our bills. Cash up, cash rules. Don't get anything on credit. Just pay it up front. And that was my grandmother. We'll save it, save up, then go buy it. And my grandmother believed that. That was that was the rules. My grandmother told me this story, and I remember this because I was a kid, and she always told me this. My grandmother said, when you become an adult and you get a job, my grandmother said in order for you, and this is something that I never knew, I never knew my grandmother was really into that, what he called that, the law of attraction, my grandmother never talked about the law of attraction, how like attract like, and And Wallace D. Waddles about the the law of attraction and the secret to achieving abundance of wealth. And my grandmother was old school. When I say old school, she was old school from the plantation kind of old school. My grandmother grew up a time where she literally lived on a plantation. She was from that kind of era where her grandfather, her father, and my grandmother's sister, which was my aunt, my Aunt Mary, both of them were little. My my grandmother, on the other hand, was the prettier one, and and she had she could do no better. My grandmother had a mouth like a sailor. I did not know that, but hey, tweet your song. And my grandmother also was one who was called passing, because at that time, back then, white people of co- white people and people of color had the same kind of hair design hairstyles. So my grandmother was passing as white. You could have swore her down. She was white if you didn't know any better. And so my grandmother just looked it like she was a white lady. But she wasn't. She was of color. And she would tell people, no, I'm colored. And that was my grandmother. So one day, my grandmother, literally one day, I was sitting down. Because I always like to... I was the type of person that I want to hang out with my grandmother. Because cause my grandmother was always in the... I like to cook. And my grandmother was always in the kitchen cooking. And I would sit there and ask her, "What is what ingredients she would say? I don't know. I just... I don't know the ingredients. I know a smidge of this, a dash of that, and that's how things are. And she would always taste her food. So my grandmother one day was showing me how to make a peach cobbler. And that's how I remember this. Uh, she was doing a peach cobbler. She would, um, she would take out her dough, take out her flour. She measured her flour, measured her baking, her measured her flour, put a little baking powder in it, just a little bit. And then she would put in her butter and her lard, which at the time was Crisco and she used crisco shortening she mixed that in there with the butter because she wanted to give it a buttery um, crust and she would roll out her dough she would make her dough and she would roll it out roll it completely out and then she would cut it she would put a bottom crust bake that just a little bit and then she would turn around and bake it just a little bit to give it a nice little fluffiness then when that's done she'll take it out let it cool then she would make her filling she would make her filling she was the one that she would do her filling old school way she would take some peaches and she would cut them and stew them. But then she got to the point where she was like, hmm, I'm going to cut the time down. And I'm going to cut things a little different so she would get canned peaches. She taught me this method of, because so she said time is money and money is time. Wasting time, you're wasting money, she would always say. So she said to cut time down and to cut her time because she's cooking. Because my grandmother would always say when she cooked, she always say, the. she would say, The thing that takes the longest to make, you do first. The thing that takes the shortest to make, you do last. Always. So she would always, she would do this. She would take, she would like, like on a good Sunday, like she would make um, a pot roast for, for dinner. Like she would do her dinner at noon because she knew that it takes a long time to cook. So she would, she would do her pot roast, get her onions, her bell peppers and stuff and spices and all her, her bell pepper, her salt and pepper spices, and her flavorings, which is whatever, whatever, whatever spice she want. That was her flavoring. She would say the difference. She told me salt and pepper and sugar is a spice, like basil, thyme, oregano, and stuff like that, and all that stuff, and allspice and all that stuff. Those are flavorings because she said they flavor the food. I didn't never knew that. I was a kid. I was like, oh, okay. So I learned that. And while I was sitting there, she would always do the the, the most difficult thing first. So that was in the up, cooking. Then she would sit there and go backwards. Instead of going forward, she'd go backwards. And then she would do her dough and stuff, and then that would get done. And then she would get canned peaches and stuff, and she would make the filling first, taste it to get it the way she wanted to taste good. And, it, and it, hers was perfect, spot on. She would go, nah, no, I add a little more of this, I add a little more vanilla. Her peach, her, peach, her peach cobbler filling was perfect. Then she would roll out her dough for the top. Pour the filling in there. Then she'll put that in the oven along with the foil and she'll foil it and then she'll put it in the oven along with her roast. Roast is in the oven, the peach cobbler's in the oven. Both of them are in there. The roast is almost done because, you know, and then she would start doing her mashed potatoes because they don't take as long. She already had that boiling. And then, ooh, ooh, nice, nice mustang. Yeah, it's blue Mustang. I'm outdoors. Yeah, and then she would put the, um, then she would do the mashed potatoes. And when she do her mashed potatoes, some people like to peel the skin. She left the skin on it. She would always leave the skin on there. I never knew why, but I, hey, it was always good. And then she would put lots of butter, lots of, she would get the salted butter. Some people use unsalted because they're health conscious. Back then my grandmother was like not about healthy. It was all about how it tastes. And Cause she wanted it to, she wanted it to when you ate the food, you did not need to add any salt or pepper. Maybe a little bit of pepper. Maybe a little bit of salt, if you needed it, but not as much. And then she and she knew if it was too salty to her, it would be too salty for you. She would always say, "Come here, taste this." She'd be like, "Come here." She'd be like, "Grandson, come here." I'd be like, "Yes." And I always said this. My, it's one thing about my grandmother and my grandfather. You always say yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. If you didn't get, if I didn't get a yes, sir. If I just said yes, she would look at me oh, so we're off the streets now, I'd be like, oh, no ma'am, there you go, so that's my grandmother, now, my grandmother would say, she was, while she she was sitting there, she would always give me words of wisdom, see, that's something that a lot of people don't have nowadays, because they don't, they think that, because you're grown, that you, that you know better than the wise matriarchs and patriarchs, my grandfather was always, he was always outside smoking his cigar, smoking his pipe, my grandfather had a pipe tobacco. He would always smoke his pipe tobacco sitting outside with a cocktail. That was my grandfather. Yeah. A uh, little story about my grandfather. My grandfather was a non-alcoholic drinker. I remember my grandfather was a non-alcoholic drinker. He, he played in the clubs in Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri. Not the Kansas side, the Missouri side. He played off of 18th and Vine at the Blue Room and all those places the Playmore and stuff. And he would sit there and he would play in those clubs, in the jute joints. They called them jute joints, the jazz joints jute joints, jazz joints, those are the places he played in. My grandfather never never drunk or anything. The owner, the owner's wife was a white woman. My grandfather at the time back then was making more money in one night than most people made in a month. Because back then if you made $20 a month as $20 a paycheck, my grandfather made $20 a night. That was a lot of money. People like doesn't you nothing. Know but back in those days that was a lot of money. So my grandfather, you know, and then one day my my grandmother told me that my grandfather never drunk. A lady, a white lady, came up to him and offered him a drink. My grandmother was there. They were girlfriend and boyfriend. At the time, they were just dating. My grandfather refused the drink. The white lady came up to my grandfather, threw the drink in his face, and walked away. My grandfather was sitting there like, what did I do? I don't drink. The band member Came to him one of the, the band leader came to him and said looky here look here boy listen here boy my grandpa was like huh my grandpa was like yes listen here white woman offer you a drink you thank her and you take that drink and you down that drink he says i don't drink you're gonna be drinking now And when a white woman offer you when a good white woman like her offer you. he didn't know who she was that's the owner's wife he's like i didn't know you go over there and you apologize if you ever want to work here again. Because back in those days, there was Mr. Pendergrass. He was a county commissioner. He ruled that area with an iron fist. If you wanted to work in Jackson County, you had to go through the you had to go see the commissioner, Commissioner Pendergrass. And he was a brutal man. That man ruled that world and he was a tyrant. So that's a little thing about that. So story about that. My grandmother said that. My grandfather apologized and he took the drink and he drunk it. And that was the day that he never put the bottle down. And he became an alcoholic right then and there. And that was it. He played better music that way. Smoothly, good jazz. He was more loose, more fluid, more more gender fluidly in the music. Music came out really good. And he played all night. Good, good musician. My grandpa was a great musician, yes. If you ever want to know, look on, go to YouTube, look up Last of the Kansas City Blue Devils. You can find it and you'll see videos about the Kansas City Jazz scene. My grandfather's in their video and he's talking. I bought the video really hard to find. Cost a lot of money, but hey, you know what? Price pay when you have your grandfather. I can see him forever in, time, in timeless capsules, yes. Okay, now, go back. My, let's go, go, go. Go back a little further. Let's go up a little further to my grandmother. My grandma was sitting there and my grandmother told me the story. She said, she said, um... She asked me, you got a wallet? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I had a little cheesy. I had a little, I had a little, um, I had a little football wallet. My my dad got me this wallet. It was a wallet that had all the NFL teams on it. The AFL, the NFL teams on there. Had the, um, Houston Oilers, you know, and stuff like that. The Baltimore Colts, that was back then. It was an old, that's old school when you remember the Baltimore Colts and the, and the Houston Oilers and stuff like that, and the and the and the Kansas City um, and the, and the and the and the Houston and the Kansas and the Dallas Texans. That's before they moved to Kansas City, became the Chiefs, and they and they had the logos, the old logos and stuff on there. My it was my dad's old wallet, so I had that wallet, and I had that on there, and it was a great, it was a good wallet. I I love that wallet. It's a great wallet, good old wallet. I lost it, you know, to, as we moved and stuff, but. While I was sitting there, my grandmother told me this story. She said, She said, open your wallet. I had no picture in there. I had nothing in the wallet. It was just a wallet. Because my dad gave it to me. You know, dad gave me a wallet. I'm a a man now. You know, when you're a little kid, you're like, I'm a man now. My grandmother told me this story, and I remember this. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to the point. She told me that this is what you need to do. She said, open your wallet. What's in there? I was like, nothing. I was like, I was like, "Um, nothing in there, grandmother. She says, let me show you something she reached in her she reached over to her purse she opened her purse she pulled out a dollar just one dollar and she handed it to me she said put that in your wallet so i folded i put it in my wallet said no 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 fold it so i folded it you know she grabbed it She said give it here she said she snatched it because she was like you know t- you know trying to make me understand because she's brutal like that but i love her to death always respect that woman god rest her soul she grabbed it she folded it real small and she stuck it in my wallet She said leave it in there i said what's that that's your best friend she says, How is it How is it that you're going to attract, How is it that you're gonna have money in something, how are you gonna put money in a wallet that has, if you want money to come to you you gotta put money, if you want something to come to you, like money, you gotta put money in there. So if you want more money into your wallet, you gotta put something in your wallet. She says, I have money in my purse, I want more money in my purse. She says in order to get money in my purse I got to put something in there for it to be attracted to. That's what she said. She was like, "You understand? You get it? You get it, grandson?" I was like, "No, man." I was like, "Cause I did." I was like, "No, man. Listen, if I'm gonna make this peach cobbler, right? Yes, ma'am. So I got the br- I got the crust done, the bottom, and I'm about to do the top. Now, if I just put the top on top of this, if I got that right, and I'm done, right? Am I done? I was like, um, "No, man." But there's no filling, right? So in order for that, in order for this to be a peach cobbler, I got to put a filling in there. But you already got the crust at the bottom. I'm like, yes, ma'am. She says, so now, I'm putting the filling in it. That's what I'm talking about. You already have a dollar in your wallet. Now, leave that dollar in there, and you will have, that will attract you to get more money into your wallet. Didn't think about that, but it did work. Because um, I was a little kid, I was like, oh, okay. I'd say about six months later, I still had that dollar in my wallet. One day, my auntie came to me and handed me a, handed me a five. She just out of the blue. Here's, here you go. She goes, nephew. I'm like, as a kid, I had come from a family where we were respected. Yes, ma'am. She handed me she handed me $5. She said, put that in your wallet. You got a wallet? Yes, ma'am. Put that in your wallet. $5. I folded it up like like my grandmother told me and I stuck it in my wallet. Now I had $6. Within a year, I had about $40. It took a year, but I had $40. Stayed in my wallet. I always kept my wallet. Never lose that wallet. I had 40 bucks in my wallet. One day, my mom and my dad was like, my mom was like, hey, let's go out to eat. Let's go somewhere. So we went down to this place in Kansas City. See, in Kansas City, we had this place called Smacks. It's a good hamburger place. It was before McDonald's getting popular. It was before Burger King and Wendy's and Carl's Jr's and Arby's and all those places. We had Smacks and we had High Boys. High Boys and Big Boy. Those were the big places like that. And we had Shonies, and we had those kind of places. So we went down to Smacks, the hamburger place. I walked up and I was like, nah, I really don't want it. I don't want a good Hawaiian burger or anything. And she said, oh, okay, what do you want? So I said, let's go to the, um..." so we went to Foremost. Went to Velvet Freeze. It's a little ice cream place in kansas city if you're from kansas city you know that history if you don't know what velvet freeze is it's a little ice cream place we went there and we like if you're in california and you're in socal like up in the area where i'm at in san Bernardino, you remember lucky's lucky's ice cream place i was in lucky's drugstore so i went to foremost and i got me some ice cream i had i had my own money i pulled out my i pulled out that five i pulled out a five and i bought my ice cream i paid for it and i had change I put the I put the bills back in my wallet, and I put the change in my pocket. I bought my own ice cream. I felt like a grown adult. Am I? And I learned this from my grandmother that in order for you to attract something, you got to put money in there. So, like, here's what I mean. Let's say you go to let's say you have a cell phone. Your cell phone has a holder on it, right? With a holder, open that. Take that holder, put money in that holder, and then put to, put it back on your phone. Unless you're, And if your phone has a wallet, like my phone has a wallet, my wallet in my phone has money in it. Um, my wallet that I keep in my pocket, it has money in it. Even though I got my credit cards, I put some bills in there, just some singles. It stays in there. I have an ID, an ID holder that I carry with me, so I carry my ID so I don't lose it. It has a holder. And that holder, it has a zip side. I put money in there. I remember my grandmother said, always surround yourself with money. So that you can draw, so you can draw money into you. I never knew what my grandmother meant, but as I got older, I realized she was giving me knowledge that I didn't even know about. That was things that I never knew when it comes about the law of attraction. That was my grandmother's thing. Like I said, it's story time, and that's how my grandmother taught me about the value of law of attraction. She would always tell me that. Now, that was my maternal. Now my paternal. That was my maternal, my matriarch. My mother's side of family. Now my my dad's side of family, which is my paternal, see the difference? My paternal, which is my patriarch, which is my dad's mother, my dad's mother, which is my granny, my granny. My granny always taught me this value. My granny always taught me this one valuable lesson. She said that whatever you do when you go shopping. Everything is not what everything is, does everything that has a price is not the actual price. She would always tell me, Remember this if you see something in the store, let's say you go in the store, she said, Let's say you go in the store and you go buy a TV. At the time, she was always, I was from, like I said, I'm from an era. So if you wonder what the hell am I talking about, this is just because I'm old school. My grandmother, my granny went into a store to get this floor console, it was a Curtis Mathis curtis mathis was an old was an old brand american brand that was a really good branded company curtis mathis rca Philco, zenith those were old school brands my grandma my granny went and got this curtis mathis console she looked at it it was a big console real nice one this console it was the it was a tv slash hi-fi now for you those who don't know what a hi-fi is hi-fi was meant hi-fi was a record player it was a stereo system it was called a hi-fi that's what they called it back then see i'm telling you i'm telling you my age that's how old school i am that's how old i am i'm telling you my age she went and got this console she looked at it she went to sears and roebuck back then it was sears it wasn't by the maze company it consolidated consolidated um the um, Federa- Federa- Consolidated Federation Company, it was it was actually R.H. Macy's, the actual Macy's company, Consolidated Federation, Mays Corporation ended up buying out Macy's and they changed their name to Macy's Incorporated. That's a little history note, so now Macy's is not really the actual Macy's. Back then it was R.H. Macy's, which was, uh, which was the Sears and Roebuck Corporation. They had one in Kansas City, a big building, and then they had one in Chicago, the big building, because they were from Chicago and then in New York and stuff. Well, we went down to Sears and Robot. She saw this floor console that she wanted, which was a Curtis Mathis with the hi fi next to it, where she can play her vinyls, records. No CDs, just records, just vinyls and eight it, it played vinyls and eight tracks. That's how old school she was. That's how old school I was. So she went in there, and she saw it, and it was like, it was like, two hundred dollars for that baby back then that was a lot of money 200 bucks was a lot of money for that hi-fi for that for that console she was like mmm she said nope even though she wanted it it was color too back then you had a choice of color or black and white she's like mm, nope it's color i really want it but you know what i'm gonna get the black and white so she went and bought this small black and white one for like 20 she bought this black and white for 20 dollars. she said well it'll do and it did she said i really want that console I want that floor console, but it's too much. She said, I'm gonna wait. And she told me, never take the value. Never take something at face value, wait. See, if you can get it at a cheaper price, always look for something on sale. Sometimes you might have to buy something pre-owned. Sometimes you might have to buy something used in order to, in order to get something. So I, I waited. So I remember she waited and waited. Six months later, she waited. A year later, she. we went back there. It was around the Christmas season. The floor console she wanted that was in color was on sale for a hundred bucks. She went and bought it. Boom, dropped the money down and went and got it. She got, the, she got the floor console she wanted. She bought it She bought it for herself for Christmas. She wanted a Christmas gift for herself, for her house, and she bought it. And she told me, see, that's the one I wanted. Remember, remember a year ago when we came out here and we saw that and that was like this much? It dropped. So she bought it. It was a year old, but she got it. She, she always told me that, remember, bargain shop. If you if with all else spells you have to bargain shop. She says, don't just take things at value. So I always learned that. So I'm telling you, sometimes you may have to. If you're looking like you, let's say a good example. You want that new iPhone 13. But now there's an iPhone 14 coming out. But the iPhone 13 is still popping. And the new iPhone 14 is coming out. So here's what she said you do. Here's what I tell you what you do look around you might can find that exact phone that you want for half the price it's like 1300 for the phone you might can find it for like 700 find it somewhere for 700 or you might find it you might find a used one some people say well I want the new one hey sometimes you might just have to get a used one I would say sometimes you might have to get a used one get a used one do what you gotta do to get what you gotta get if you have to get a used one it's used but pre-owned it's like buying a car sometimes you, you might want to go buy a car you go to a car dealership you can't afford to get the brand spanking new car right off the showroom floor but you can get a pre-owned car that someone else had drove with the warranty and stuff that's just as good so sometimes you have to do that my, it's called saving money my grandmother my dad's mom which was my granny always said sometimes you might have to do that to save money and she said look now that was 200 something dollars I just saved myself a hundred something. The hundred something I could put in my pocket. Now I can go buy something else. Brand new. And she went and and I remember she went and bought this new stove. Brand new for like $130. She got a, got a four console delivered and she got a brand new stove that she wanted. And she said, look how much I just saved. See what I did? And I looked at it and I go, oh. So don't, yeah, I learned that and I learned a valuable lesson about that. So whenever I go, whenever I go shopping, I always bargain shop. Sometimes you may have to, you might have to waste gas to, to save money. Some people don't, some people don't care. They be like, I'll just pay whatever. But then you're not realizing that that person will see you coming, and you like it's like going to a flea market. You might have to haggle to get the price. Do that. Just remember. Bargain shop, save you some money. I'm just telling you. Now, like I said, now, like me, now let's go back to now. We go. That was my, that was my, that was my paternal. That was my, that was my granny. That was my dad's mother. Now we go back to my, my mom's mother. What I was telling you. Now, I do this every day. Like I go to work, I wear a uniform. I have a pocket. My pocket that I have, where my uniform on my uniform, I have money in there. I have a, I have a little, um, I have a little tiny notebook that I stick in my pocket because I can write down some quick notes or I need to write down something. In there, I have money in there. In my pockets, in my pants pocket, I always carry some money. I carry a bunch of ones. I carry a bunch of ones in my pocket. I have a backpack that I carry with me. My backpack, I keep money in my backpack. The reason why I keep money in my backpack, a little bit of money, not a lot, just a little bit. The reason why, because I'm surrounding myself with money so that I can have things cuz i'm 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 doing this like the, like a magnet i'm i'm making myself the magnet i'm attracting money i want money to come to me cuz if i don't have anything around me as money wise money don't come to me money doesn't come to me i tell people everywhere i meet you need to do that and they go they think it's a joke but reality is it's not you are the you are the keeper you are the gatekeeper you are the magnet. like like a like attracts like magnets are like magnets opposites attract Magnets snap together when polars, um, opposite polars, they repel and stuff like that. You know, you know about magnets and stuff. Yes. I'm telling you right now, that's what happened. That's what I do. And and people don't believe me. Some people say, well, some people money burns their pockets. I I trust me, I got a son. Money burns his pocket. If he got five dollars in his pocket, he wants to spend that. He's ready to spend that. He's he's like his mom. Now his mother, on the other hand, his mother, on the other hand, she she can save money to a point. If I if, it's like a good example, if I handed her, if I gave, like, if I went to my son's mom and said, here, here's twenty dollars, put that in your purse. Just you know, I'm just saying, I'm using an example. No, it wouldn't ever happen, but if just an example, and I handed her twenty dollars, say, here, I'm giving you twenty dollars because you look like you need some money because I, I see her, hey, you look, you ain't got no money, You got your money on you? No, here, here's twenty dollars, put that in your purse. Do you know what happened? She in her mind, she knows I got $20 on her. Instead of saying, well, thank you. I'm, and then when someone says, hey, auntie, you got auntie, you got like $5? Auntie, you got like auntie, you got like five dollars, so I can get a pack, you got like $10, so I can get a pack of cigarettes. Uh no, I don't have any money. No, instead, oh yeah, I got $20. Here you go. Bring my change. See, she doesn't think like that. See, they'll ask me, if I, I got $20 in my pocket, they're like, Michael, hey, you got money on you so I can get a pack of cigarettes? No, I'm I'm broke. See, I know in my head I'm broke. That's not my money. I talk like I, I talk like each pocket, each pocket, like my wallet, my my wallet, my pockets, my shirt pocket, my cell phone wallet, my cell phone's pocket. All of them are friends. It's their money. It's not my money. I have a Buddha statue. I love my Buddha statue. Buddha has money. That's his money. It's not my money. That's Buddha's money. People don't see it that way. They just think that it's money and needs to be spent. No, I, I, I think like that because I want, I, want, I want to bring money to me so I have this mindset. Oh, I'm broke. I'm broke. And I, and I, I want you to understand you got to act like that. You have to act like that. You got to act broke in order to achieve your wealth. Some of the most super one-tenth or one percent of the super wealthy act broke. Warren Buffett drives the McDonald's. Yeah, he's super rich. But he buys the same thing, the cheapest menu, the cheapest thing on the menu. Reason being, why buy the most expensive thing? You know, there was a lady, there was a lady, um, a German lady. I think she was German or Russian. Yes, I think she was Russian. She owned a company called Nebraska Furniture Mart. That lady um, would drive around in a scooter. Everything in her house had a price tag on it. Because you know what she said? Everything is for sale. She was serious. Everything had a price. Nebraska Furniture Mart, Warren Buffett bought that company. And he couldn't believe it when he met that lady that he went to her house to to do the, to see about buying the company because he liked their style. He couldn't understand why everything in her house had a price tag. And her son told him, her, her son told Warren Buffett that my mom says everything has a, everything's for sale. It doesn't matter. Everything is for sale. And that's what he did. And she, she was like that. She was a beast about that, but she was she was a gangster about that and she was all about that money because she said that everything has a price make me an offer we'll see if I can match it. make me an offer I can't refuse see here's the thing make me an offer I can't refuse what that means is if someone says make me an offer I can't refuse means if I'm selling something say at a hundred bucks make me an offer to want to sell it to you so if it's for a hundred bucks and you go I'll give you 200 they'll be like hmm let me think about that see When you said $100 and you say, I'll give you $200, they'll say, let me think about that. But if it's for $100 and you go, I'll give you $300, sold. He didn't have to think about it. He made $200 profit off of a $100 item. That's what it means when it says, make me an offer I can't refuse. That's what that means. Make me an offer I can't refuse. That's what that means right there. For you to understand something, that's how that means. So when people tell you... Make me an offer I can't refuse. That means you gotta make them an offer to make them want to say yes. So sometimes you may have to pay through the like. Good example: If I want to buy Twitter, say Twitter's for sale for forty. Say Twitter's for sale for thirty. Say Twitter's for sale for thirty billion. Thirty billion dollars. Twitter's is up for sale, and I'm rich like Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and and um, and Mark Zuckerberg, and Bill Gates, and Larry Ellis, and. Um, Amando Montes Amando T- Montatego, you know, and um and um what's his name? Carlos Slim from Telemex, Mexico, and it's for sale for 30 billion. Everybody's gonna be like, oh, I'll give you 30 billion, I'll give you 31 billion. And then I give you I'll give you 35 billion. Uh Elon Musk goes, I'll give you 40 billion. I walk along, I'm a billionaire too. Let's say I'm a billionaire. JR Bell's a billionaire. MBJ Group, multi-billionaire. I walk in and I go everybody's offering the highest bid is 40 billion I go 60 billion they will be like sold why because I gave them more than what it was actually valued at if you really want it see rich people when they really want something they will buy it at an inflated rate and then the amount that they spent They'll get it. What they do is like um if I spent say it only costs, it only is worth 30 billion. But Elon Musk offered 40 billion. I turn around and say, I'll give you 60 billion cash. They'll be like sold. So now I spent 30 more. So what I have to do is I have to write myself a note. See billionaires write themselves a note. I owe you. I go, I owe myself, I owe you the company, my business, 30 billion. So now I gotta go back to work and and hustle up to get the 30 billion that I just spent. 30 billion that I just spent. More than what I needed. So when I buy the company, I own the company now, then I have to give up 30 more billion. I gotta make 30 more billion back. So I gotta get out there and grind. I gotta get out there and hustle and grind and try to make that money back. That's how rich people think. So now what I'm telling you, this is why I said it was story time. The reason I'm telling you that a story about my grandmother and my, my granny is that you need to surround yourself with money. It, if you don't, if you can, my grandmother said, if you can't afford to put a $100 bill in your wallet or your purse, put $10, put $20, stick it in your purse. Put it in, in your purse where you, or your purse or wallet where you can't see it. Don't put it where if you open your wallet, you see there's a 20. No, fold it up, stick it in your wallet where you can't see it. Put it behind an ID or behind something where you cannot see it. So you don't see it, so you don't know it's there. But you, you don't know it's there, but you know it's there. That's what I'm talking about. Leave it like that. Do it that way so that you'll understand and you'll have a concept. And then every time you get a little extra money, like you get a little extra money, like an extra five, find that spot, drop it in your wallet or purse. Just keep putting like that. Eventually when you do that, you know what? You'll eventually have more money in your purse or wallet than you thought you had. Because I remember I did that one time and I ended up one time I had to, my wallet fell apart. Because i had to get a new wallet my wallet was coming apart because it was getting fatter and fatter i opened up i had like a hundred i had like 200 bucks in my wallet that i was just putting little bits in here and there 10 there five there ones there and i had to take all that money out and i had to count it and it was 200 bucks and i need at the time i really needed that 200 bucks so i took it out and i and I needed it and i bought i went, i had to spend it because i was grocery shopping so i went and went grocery shopping with it that's what i'm talking about extra money that you did not miss you didn't. You didn't. You wasn't gonna miss it. So do that. All right. Think about that. All right. And do that. All right. Hey, by the way, I love each and every one of you out there. I appreciate you listening to my podcast. This tidbit tip right here, story time. I want you to understand it's going to help you to achieve your abundance of wealth. Just remember, if you got a pocket, put money in there. Don't be now. Don't be sitting there walking around like you're big time. Now let me let me give you a good example. I'm, I'm gonna make this quick because I'm gonna tell you right now. Fat Joe. Fat Joe, Joe Crack. Well, I call him Fat Joe because Joe Crack, you got to know him personally. Call him Joe Crack. I don't know him personally, so that's Fat Joe. Fat Joe, the hip-hop artist and mogul. Here's what he does. And he says it. He carries five grand in his pocket. He carries, no, he carries 10 grand in his pocket. Literally, in his pocket, he carries $10,000. Reason being, he says, I can do that. I may be rich, but I got 10 grand in my pocket. The Reason why? Because I want to show that I do have money. And he shows that I have wealth. I may look like I'm, like I'm, and he says, I walk around like I'm broke. I walk around, I don't flash all the jewelry and stuff when I'm out and about somewhere, but I got 10 grand in my pocket. But I walk around and I may go somewhere and eat, but I eat somewhere that I can afford. And they say, what do you mean? I eat somewhere that I like to eat. I don't have to go to the most expensive restaurant to eat. I can go somewhere cheap. I'm trying to, I got people, I got, I got people on payroll. He says, yes, I may be famous, I may be famous and a little bit, maybe famous and well off, but I'm also smart. Why do I need to spend more than I should? Why would I spend uh, $400 on a meal when I can go to somewhere else and get a meal for like $30 or $40? Do you understand that concept? It's $400 for a meal and I can spend $30 to $40 on, on on an inexpensive meal and get full just as good and eat just as good. You don't have to spend that kind of money to live that lifestyle. Just be more... Conscious and savvy. Do that, all right? Hey, this is Jared Brown with I Got Your Six Podcasts, and I believe in each and every one of y'all. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, and these tips right here are going to help you stack your money. Do that. Put money in your pockets, because sometimes people always say, Well, what's it do? How am I going to get, it? how am I going to achieve? What was it? it do if I put money in there? Just remember, just do that. If you got a purse, if you're a lady, put it in your purse and forget about it. I knew a young lady that I, I, I bumped into in one of my life journeys. I told her that. And she would always... She would, she had a purse and on the bottom it had a, a lift where you can lift up the bottom. It had a, a bottom plate. A bottom cardboard plate. She would lift that up and put money under there. One day... One day she was out and about somewhere. And, you know, never thinking of it and stuff. And she literally went somewhere and she was with her friends and stuff and they're all and she was busy and you know life journeys and stuff you know how life journeys and stuff she's out there eating and stuff and her friends were all and she she had a mindset that she knew that she's like I could pay for my meal she ordered her simple meal that she ordered she didn't get nothing expensive well all of a sudden one of her friends looked at her and said um, can you pay for my meal? I, I'm short. I don't have the money. She goes, I have enough for my food. Oh shit, I'm kinda short. And they were at a fancy restaurant, a really high-end restaurant. And she says, okay. She goes, lady comes over, she goes, how's this gonna be? She says, separate checks. So her cause her friend was like trying to be booed, trying to be, you know, make her pay. She's like, no, I got my own meal. Oh. So she everybody's like, who's gonna pay for the meals? And she goes, we're all paying for our separate. Oh, okay. So she gets her meal. And when she gets her meal, her friend reached down her purse. She like, she knew she looked in her, she looked on her phone and and that's when she noticed that she had didn't have enough to cover her meal. And she said, oh, and she started thinking, she put her hand in her purse and she oh, she reached down in her purse and she pulled out and she had enough to cover her meal. She paid for her meal. Everybody thought that she wasn't gonna be able to pay for her meal because they were looking at her like she ain't got that kind of money, because she ain't balling like we are. We got we got baby da- we got men and baby daddies and day, sugar daddies and stuff like that. So she sat there and she reached her purse and she pulled out and she paid for her meal and everybody looked at her like, what? Say what? She paid for her meal and she was like, good. And she had change left over, and she tipped and she left a twenty dollar tip and they were shocked. Oh, I thought you were broke. I am broke, but how do you pay for this meal? What? Just because I'm broke doesn't mean I got I got money. And she said that. So, hey, uh, I'm going to cut this short. That was that was a little tidbit about what I meant about how you do that. All right. Hey, this is Jabril, I got your six podcast. And, hey, I love each and every one of you. I appreciate you. I'm sorry. It was way too long. Bravo six, I'm telling you right now, is going dark.